Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. February is upon us. January is done. Longest month of the year when you're waiting for your pay to come in. And uh, some familiar guests today, Simon, who... And it's not often we say this about guests that we we were rather hoping not to have to have on again, as we were hoping that um, Aquint had finally been stopped. Um, indeed, yes. So we've got let's stop Aquint back on um, for the th- I think it's the third third time. Um, so welcome back, uh, welcome back, ladies. So we've got Viola Langley and uh, Janet uh, Sampson joining us. Uh, Janet doesn't appear to be the only person at the moment having technical problems as your audio um, possibly is going through a different style cable that's burrowing under Portsmouth. So just while you're fiddling with knobs and sliders as you do, welcome back, Viola. Yeah, hi. Hi, Ian. Lovely to see you. Well, absolute pleasure to have you back on. Although, as I said, we had hoped that um, that, that this, I think when we last met, we were we, we discussed at the end of the podcast um, you know, what What would you be doing with your life after Aquint had finally been stopped? And I think then you were uh, you were a little bit cautious that the, the entire race might not have been run. And it, it seems like there's still more to do. Yeah, I agree entirely, Ian. As we can see, we will have to do more. And uh, that's what all is what it is about tonight, isn't it? absolutely and and so i was just looking back so how many years now have you been um have you been uh, uh, i think it would be fair to say you were you were a bit of an unlikely activist and sort of fell into this but how many years now have you been um been working with let's stop aquin since october 2019 i would say so that's nearly two and a half years isn't it it is indeed it is indeed. So, um, yes, and and still work to do. Let's just check in with Simon and see whether he is now his beautiful dulcet tones are back online. Okay, is that any better? It's that a bit is quiet, but okay. a little a little bit quiet. But I'm sure if you harness your inner Brian Blessed and project, I'm sure we can make <laughs> it work. I shall try. I shall try my best. I'm not going to do a. Gordon's Alive rendition because that's just going to blow the microphone out. Um, so um, yes, hello. <laughs> right, thanks for vamping through that, um, Ian. Um, shall we? Um, shall we have a look at our? And so welcome, Janet. So last time, uh, Viola, I think you were you were joined by uh, Paula, and I think the time before that you had um, Paula, Ellie, and um, Non Aquind joined us as well, didn't we? I think for the for the first time that you were on. So. Um, so welcome, Janet. Thank you very much. I've um, been co-opted at short notice, and I'm another member of the <laughs> Let's Stop Aquing Commons group. Brilliant. Well, Other... thank you very much for jumping into the breach at short notice. So, yes, Janet, for those and of like... our listeners who haven't met you before, so ha- what, what, what got you interested in LSA, and how long have you been uh, part of the team? I joined in quite near to the date that Viola mentioned. I got wind of the fact that there was going to be a static protest along the shoreline. I was on holiday at the time and I was trying my best to get back for that. Didn't quite make it that on the road, but um, I saw it in the press and another friend of mine was um, um, started 
telling me about it. So, so I uh, uh, was invited for, by Viola to group. That's great. Thank you. Well, let's, should we, should we try and press on? Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, so our, our first question, I guess is, um, is let's bring, let's bring our audience up to speed. Um, can you talk us through the timeline through, um, through basically what's happened? So, you know, last year we thought it was all over and it wasn't. So, so what's been happening <laughs> What's been happening since since January? Yes, I can I can answer Thank the you. question for you. Um, just over a year ago, um, we we just finished uh, an interview with one news a journalist from one of the newspapers, and we were just down by the shoreline, and suddenly from Viola, and amazingly, to say that Quasi Quartet rejected the application by Aquind and you know we what what to expect and it the news came a day earlier than we were expecting and obviously there was much joy in the city and, and um everyone thought while um we didn't um rest on we knew that Aquind could make an appeal so we were waiting to see what would happen and um, Aquind put in an appeal at the last moment that they could last we, heard, we heard we approved we then had a long wait during last year to find out who the review would be um, the review was in November November the 22nd it was at the Royal Courts of Justice in London um, there was a barrister and team for Aquind, barrister and team for the government, um, barrister for Portsmouth City Council as an interested party. At the conclusion of the two days, um, the judge said that, that there would possibly be Christmas but couldn't guarantee it. So we've been on tender hooks for some while. And then January, the rather crushing. So, obviously, that was widely reported and, and, and came as, I think, a blow to many people in Portsmouth. So if I just turn to Viola. So so what does the High Court ruling mean? Is that now Aquint's green light to start digging trenches through Portsmouth? No, absolutely not. Um, there are various options. Uh, number one, of course, the decision will go back to the Secretary of State, but not to the Secretary of State at the time, but to our new Secretary of State for the BEIS. So he will have to make a decision, which does not mean necessarily that he will approve that the decision was uh, re uh, won by Aquin by the High Court. It could be just a better argued refusal. So any way is possible. Now, as you know, we did have a, I don't know whether you know, we had a meeting last week um, with uh, both MPs, Jared Vernon-Jackson, our leader, the news and planning officers. And um, the process, what is going to happen is basically from now onwards up to about four months, we are expecting something called a statement of matters which will be a document um, published by the Secretary of State 
looking at what he has found and possibly uh, asking um, interested parties to look at the reasons again, which would mean for us, not just for LSA, but also for all interested parties, uh, residents who have written to Aquint about uh, their concerns, uh, people from allotments, people who live along the road, um, whether that is Mooring's Way or right up to Lafdeen, everybody can get involved again after we have seen this statement of matters and we can question again whether this route, this route chosen by Aquint is the right route for an Aquint interconnector. And and I think reading the reading the, the the judgment and again it was a little bit you you know as you've explained in previous podcasts you you need to brush up on your legal skills pretty quickly on this one, but the the ruling as I understood it was that when the Secretary of State made their ruling previously, mm. um, that the High Court felt that they you know they couldn't evidence that they had. When they came to that decision that they had looked at Aquin's evidence about alternative routes properly is that and i'm putting properly in air quotes there is, is that in essence what what the high court had to say it is quite interesting because i actually read today again the decision of the secretary of state from the 20th of january 2021 again just to have a at 22 to have a look again and it is quite interesting because I think very obviously it was recognized by the Secretary of State that the adverse effects for Portsmouth and beyond are, are huge. And there are mm. actually really something which has to be considered. And therefore he concluded that the alternatives, it actually says alternatives, in particular Mannington, has not yep. been considered enough and fully and uh, i think that is really important that we actually stress here the environmental the impacts on portsmouth and beyond are to be considered mm. and i think that is really important when we actually get to the next stage where we write our new objections that we bring all those reasons very clearly forward towards the new Secretary of State for the BIS yet again and possibly even stronger. And so in 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 you know in in terms of that ruling do you say it, it it's almost kind of uh, you, you talked about a sort of four month timeline is is that the sort of time frame we're looking at or or uh, is is it almost like a game of snakes and ladders now where we we go back down to almost the start of the board and we, we could be into a, a multiple year process. Now, the four months is only the statement up to four months. It could 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 be written tomorrow. It could be published tomorrow. Mm. We don't know. Nobody knows. PCC doesn't know. Uh, we have no idea. And from from that onwards, there is again a certain time period. It could be up to a year. It could be two years, so nobody really, really knows exactly until we see the statement of matters and what will be required for the new Secretary of State to make a decision. Thank you. That's really clear, Viola, and help you. Thank you for leading us through um, quite a tricky piece of, um, of, of legal fine pointery.
So yeah, and I think one 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 comment I would like to make actually is. Uh, we do know that the examination authorities have actually recommended the uh, development consent order. They actually said, yes, we, we think uh, this is acceptable through mitigation. We can achieve, you know, to, 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 to deal with all the problems we have, we've got. And I think that is something we have to look at it again, because obviously the Secretary of State didn't agree. And the mm. Secretary of State actually is um how can i put it is actually uh oh, now i can't get the word it's for our government it is saying the government is clearly saying we don't want this project and he was the representative for mm. the government so that's a very very interesting fact yeah and my hope is that the new secretary of state will feel similar absolutely yeah, there was some quite. Um, I, th I think part of the part of the reason that Kwasi Kwarteng listed in his his rejection was about not having um, considered Manningfield because at the time that Aquind asked National Grid for their feasibility study of a connection of this nature, um, at the time there was um, a live application and a live connection agreement for um for a i think it was 970 megawatt uh, wind farm off, uh, mm -hmm. off bournemouth that was um that was planned to feed into uh, manningfield and at, although that actually the planning application for that wind farm was uh, was refused the actual connection agreement to secure that capacity on the network for for that wind farm was still in place so at the time that aquind asked for their feasibility study the bit that they wanted to use would have would have discounted that, but there were other reasons about Manningfield. Weren't I think further yeah. in the the report it, it talks about um, it, it talks about there being planning issues around uh, Manningfield being surrounded on three sides by housing and stuff like that. But again, it just kind of points that it's interesting that the the High Court ruling doesn't say it has to go ahead. It just says actually the the secretary Secretary of State's um, reasoning isn't necessarily that sound. Is that kind of really what you're feeling? It's not really a green light to start the diggers up in Portsmouth. It's really a yeah. go think again and just and and justify it again. Simon, just one thing. It is called Mannington, not Manningfield. Yeah, it's I Manning beg your pardon. Sorry, Mannington. Yeah. That's just my and brain. Getting, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is right. It was a little bit of a timeline uh, the Secretary of State actually questioned. But I think the whole, I think what we must understand that this High Court ruling wasn't about the decision itself. It was about the process, how the Secretary of State got to his decision. So they haven't actually questioned the decision. They have actually questioned the Secretary of State. How did he deal with that? What has he done right? What has he done wrong? And according to what we know from the judgment paper, it's quite, quite difficult to read, actually, that out of the seven points, the um, uh, the judge actually agreed uh, that four points, it's a bit like a tennis game, four points to Equin, three points to, 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 to the interested parties and PCC. So out of those seven points, four points, Equin actually challenged and, and, and said, you know, the Secretary of State in actual fact uh, wasn't correct uh, in his procedure, how he got to the decision. And that is what has been challenged. Okay. That's, thank you for for explaining that, and sorry for my misremembering that it's that it's Mannington, not Mannington, oh, Manningfield. I don't quite yeah. know where that came from. Um, if there's anywhere with a ta if there's any town called Manningfield that is suddenly 
worried now that they're going to get an internet interconnector cable. I apologise for the distress. It's entirely unintentional. Hopefully, Janet, we can move on to our to our next question uh, to yourself. So, I, um, hopefully, I'm going to show the comments from the from the local politicians, um, and then it'd just be interesting to it'd be good to hear what your response your response is to uh, to what they'd actually um, had to had to say um, about the decision. So, um, so. Um, Portsmouth South MP Stephen Morgan on his website um, he goes on to say Aquin's uh, desperate attempt to rerun the argument through the High Court doesn't change the facts and it shouldn't change the outcome. It's been clear from the outset that this project would bring untold disruption to our daily lives and natural environment with no clear benefits. Meanwhile the company director's cosy relationships with government ministers continue to raise suspicions. My record of work of action working with community campaigners against Aquin speaks for itself. I will continue to do everything in my power to ensure this project is stopped once and for all. Um, and Portsmouth North MP uh, Penny Morden said, um, so again, a statement from her website, I remain confident that the Secretary of State's original decision should still stand. It is not the case that the court has told the Secretary of State what the decision must be. I, along with many others, will be making the case against why this project should be refused, as well as help demonstrate the strength of feeling the people of Portsmouth have towards this project. It is it is not just bad for Portsmouth and the local area, but also for, for the whole of the UK. It does not help our energy resilience. In fact, it weakens it. There are many other concerns over the project, which includes a telecommunications cable. I remain confident that this unwanted and unnecessary project will never happen. Um, and Gerald Vernon Jackson, the uh, the leader of Portsmouth City Council, was quoted in the Portsmouth Evening News as saying, it is difficult for the minister to come to a different Dis, uh, different conclusion given the appalling attack Aquin made on a fellow cabinet minister. The attack on Penny Morden was very vicious. Um, um, I forget which um, which of the people involved with um, with the project um, said that said off Penny Morden that she was uncontrollable or something like that to that, to yes. that effect. Yeah. Mr. Um, Yes. Um, Aquid may feel that the amount of money they have donated to the Conservative Party means they are entitled to, to planning permission. So... Um, it's one of those rare things that local politicians, parties, there are two MPs and councillors across the political spectrum agree is a daft idea and shouldn't happen. That doesn't happen that often. Um, Janet, have we still got you? I know you keep trying with the with the connection, but you seem to, she's um, coming and going. We've not got her at the moment. Have we got her back now? Are you there, Janet? It's weird. I can see you kind of trying to enter, but I can't actually, I haven't got anything there for me to click to actually put you back into the stream. So um, while we try to figure that out, um, sorry, Viola, would you, would, do you have any response to, um, to about that? How important is that cross-party support to a campaign like this? I think it is extremely important. And we know that uh, we always said united, we can stop this project. If we show our MPs our Portsmouth City Council, our residents uh, are against this project and we explain reasonably and logically the reasons for that. Uh, I think we, we need everybody working in unity together. And I think it's one of the things lots of, lots of uh, parties said to me, it is amazing what we can actually do and achieve when we work together, only united, all of us, and we can do it. 
Fantastic. Well, well said. Um, Janet, I don't know how much of that you caught, whether there was anything you wanted to add to to how important it is that the part of the parties are working together. Yes, I saw the statements and I heard what Viola just said. And I think, you know, how unusual, isn't it, for everybody to be singing from the same songbook, everybody unified in their, their um, uh, you know, views about unnecessary um, and, uh, you know, it's likely that it's ever going to happen. We can only hope that, you know, any, there's so many delays and hitches and questions and complications. We just total on this. But as Viola said, with the, with the, um, the justices uh, very much on um, due process shall i just add something i mean so, so yeah uh, yeah i was just going to pass to you viola and ask so you know again uh, based on on what you've heard so far and and how confident are you that um that ultimately the 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 people and of portsmouth and all of the uh all of that political allegiance will will mean that the connector doesn't go ahead um, how hopeful are we? I mean, what I have to say is when we look back at uh, the last two and a half years, if we hadn't acted together as a unity, Akron would by now actually digging those trenches and horizontally drilling under the allotments. So we've already delayed their process, certainly for a year or two years. Um, I think I am very hopeful because we have the support of our MPs. We have the support from Portsmouth City Council. Uh, we do know what we are up against. Uh, we are very, very much aware of this. But we also know that the French side, the non-Aquind, and their MPs of the local regional area are against this project. And I think some one, one or two of the things we haven't mentioned, only in the quotes from uh, Stephen Morgan and, um, and uh, Penny Mordant, is that we mustn't forget what has been highlighted over the last two years, the political uh, background to this whole company and to the donations, as you know, led by Donkeys made a fantastic video with us, showing 34 MPs actually receiving donations. And we, it is legal, we do know, but you do ask yourself the question, why is this happening? Why would you do this? And uh, we also know from Panorama, which showed a program about the uh, background of the possibility, the money, which is actually uh, coming to finance this project. And, and we shouldn't just swipe it away. We know in the examination process, only planning issues are important. And we've always raised the question, should it be only planning issues? Should we look at the morality and the ethics as well? And uh, of course, this question has been swept aside, but I think we should not forget that either. And I think with that, there's there's two elements to that. One one is that 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 I think now a lot of those donations are in the public domain, aren't they? There there is an element of, I think, if Aquint hoped that that was going to be, you know, done quietly and and done kind of in dark and back rooms and no one would know. Um, that's very much not the case now. And I, and I do wonder whether there's a a balance, you know, again, when I read those statements about, you know, Penny Morden, for me, seems to be 100% behind this campaign and is actively campaigning from within government. 
Um, so I, I do wonder whether there is wisdom in you know, perhaps suggesting or, or or dwelling on that relationship between the Aquint money and the Conservative Party. Yeah, and I think another issue, which uh, I don't know whether you remember it, um, when we took part in the examination process you know, nearly two years ago, um, there was also something mentioned like a fiber optic cable, a big telecommunication mm. cable. Now, uh, when originally uh, I couldn't ask for this project to become, and I say it slowly, it took me a long time to learn it, a nationally significant infrastructure project. It was only ever supposed to be an interconnect, an energy infrastructure um, mm. project. Now, during the examination process, it, it became a real controversial issue whether Ackman should be allowed to actually also at the same time build up a telecommunication system faster than anything else which we've seen so far. And should it be really part of this whole development? And I think Penny in particular and Stephen, Mo uh, Stephen Morgan have highlighted this issue and said it could be. Uh, possibility for our national security because we mm. are uh, the base of the Navy, aren't we? Portsmouth is a very, yeah. very important place. No, it's uh, it, 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 and again, I think Penny referenced it in a statement there. You know, this this still, and it's interesting, isn't it, that it still doesn't look like anything like a, a good idea. So. And I think you touched on it there, Viola. The, obviously, we had our our French chums on for one of the uh, um, for one of the podcasts. The I think it's forgive my French accent. I've got a CSE grade five. The at non aquint our friends in France who are fighting against the the pipeline. How are they getting on? Oh, there. You know, we we've been. You 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 probably have seen last last week the big article in Portsmouth News. We have organized some contacts with Portsmouth News and the Nona Aquint president and uh, former president who speaks beautiful English and he was on the on the on the on the show I think last time. Um, and uh, we reaffirmed our unity and they said nothing has changed on the French side. The French residents and of those areas concerned are certainly against it. The MPs, the local MPs are against it, the préfet of that area against it. And uh, even even in the press, it was said by the, what they call it, the energy transition minister. It was in a public uh, TV program that France has got four interconnectors and it doesn't need a fifth interconnector. And it was referring very clearly to Ackment. And so you will really have to ask yourself uh, why Ackment is still going ahead. And I just really, Ian and Simon, I don't understand it. I try, I look from every single angle and I can't understand it. If France rigorously says no, what is the point in going ahead with this development consent order here in Britain? It is, um, it, it's indeed a, a key point. I think the whole uh, and they they actually mention that in the, in the documents, don't they, about the sequential nature of all of these elements of the plan needing to be needing to be yeses essentially to 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 get permission in order for the whole thing to work. Mm -hmm. There's no point in them getting consent in La Havre if they can't get consent mm -hmm. on on this side of channel or or like or vice versa. There's no point. Um, but I guess they're fighting to try and get 
consent and and drive it that way but hopefully the our, our you know our, our friends over the over the channel will have a better will have a will have a uh, a good show of actually trying to re- resist that there but it seems that everything hinges from the decision to choose Le Havre as the departure point narrows down the landing yes yeah. Simon, you see sorry to interrupt you here mm. when this is right that you say Le Havre but it is wrong that yeah, you okay. say Le Havre now let me explain that because mm-hmm. in the judgment point nine fact nine it says clearly the actual judge says that the landfall in France is Le Havre. In the examination report, it says Le Havre, and it is not Le Havre. They've shifted some time ago. I don't know exactly when it happened, but certainly before or during the examination process, it was shifted nearer to Dieppe, which is about 40 kilometers further east, And that has huge consequences when you actually look at the range of interconnectors being available to be landfalls in Britain. It changes everything. And we've been highlighting this through the examination process, and we will highlight this when the next step comes forward. It is wrong. Because if you talk to Jean-Nicolas and to Donald Brumont, they live in Barnabal, now Barnabal, is about 19 miles inland from Dieppe or Pourville, where they intend to go in. This is a wrong fact. And it's not your mistake, Simon, because it is actually in the papers. Oh, well, that's, um, well, it's comforting to know that it isn't a mistake that I made, but it's a bit disturbing that it's a, no. that it's a mistake actually in the documentation. Um, okay, so, um, yeah, so... Um, I guess kind of moving moving on to kind of like a different a different gear from that. So there are several, like you say, there are several elements and things have changed from when the original application is made. So there's there's reason to kind of revisit that um, in the in the the circumstances that exist now rather than the ones that existed on the original application. Um, but other things have changed really as well, haven't they? So you know, for example, this the situation in Europe is isn't the same. They might not be so. Um, you know, they, they might not be so happy to to flog us all of their spare um, electricity. So, has the you know with the with the war in Ukraine has, um, and the political um, changes in the situation in Europe? Is that what does that what does that change in regards to the to the project itself? Do you think, Janet? Well, it has been stated it has been stated in the media recently that, um, as you say, with this change that. that um, France having spare energy, you know, the likelihood of that is diminished. So, you know, that makes it even less logical to be having an interconnect- interconnector. Um, they've also said that, you know, they have four interconnectors. Um, if a fifth might be to the detriment of what already exists, which would be a nonsense. And if you actually look at articles, you know, I just typed in and I've watched it over the last half year in particular, uh, you probably all have have heard or read about the uh, nuclear reactors being quite corroded or having some maintenance problems. And France has got 56, from what I read in the press, um, reactors, of which at a certain time, October, November, December, half had to be shut down, if we can believe the articles I I read online. So they have 
problems actually with their reactors so that actually from what i also understood in a couple of articles that that france actually was the first time in need of electricity to be imported to them so there are there are real 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 problems in, on the european side and of course the ukrainian war does not help uh, either so again the question is why do we want this interconnector? Well, I should imagine Aquin's motivation is quite clear, but whether it's needed is the is this I guess that's the sixty four million dollar question is is it still needed? Is it is it still viable? But Simon perhaps we have to ask the question as well. It is bidirectional and we are obviously we always want to share and it's uh, interconnectors per se are not a bad idea. We are just saying this one, the route and the background of a company are not a good idea. Uh, don't forget bidirectional. So France will need energy yeah, in, too. Indeed, indeed. That's a that's a that's a very good point. I guess all that wind power from Scotland's got to go somewhere, but whether it can get all the way down here to get to France is another matter entirely. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, was there anything you wanted? To, anything else you wanted to add to that that one, Janet? Or you're a... no, I think that's that's a really important point that Fiona's made there, though. Um, that you know, having it okay from this side, but you know, there's on the French side and, um, you know, stand united and stand united with us. It's not, it's not going to just suddenly happen, is it? Yeah. And, and isn't there also a question really no. of, of our no. own resilience? No. Aren't we encouraged to produce our own energy in a sense, you know, to to make it possible with wind and solar energy to, to, to provide more energy and for us without uh, less of an environmental impact? And we do know that the, the construction certainly of this whole project will have huge impacts on the local environment. And I think that's that, that's actually an interesting angle, isn't it? Because, you know, what, what this project as a whole, and I know it's, you know, it's been very stressful for the people of Portsmouth and, and for what the impact might be on us. But do you, do you think it's raised and elevated those wider questions as to, you know, whether the right thing is to just slurp in some more power from overseas or whether it, it has elevated questions in people's minds about whether we should be investing more you know in renewables after all we're in we're an island with water all around us and you know water and wind almost come hand in hand so do you think in some ways it has it, it has started to ask questions about uh, our wider energy strategy janet yeah um, yes, yes, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it, the um, it, you know, all the the way forward that keeps being discussed for the environment so it seems it seems uh, at odds. And then we just lost Janet. Yeah, I mean, we are encouraged, aren't we? Our government is actually asking us to be more resilient, to be more independent, to rely on our own energy resources, etc. So. I think that's certainly something to look at. And I think the other thing we haven't mentioned at all, and I can't give you an up-to-date now uh, piece of information, but there are 
quite a few interconnectors already existing, not just with France, you know, Belgium, etc. There are there are quite a few. And if we look at the number required, I think the government said 18 gigawatt. They wanted by a certain time, I can't remember because I haven't actually checked it now again. But we, we, we certainly are pretty close to that, 15, 16 or so already. So uh, you do have to ask yourself that question in that respect as well. So I guess the next question, Fiona, is, is what does, uh, does LSA have planned to keep this in the public consciousness you know we we've 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 covered it here and we you know again we 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 will keep plugging away mm. but what what plans have you got really just to keep the people of Portsmouth on guard because this has been a this has been quite a long campaign and from what we touched on today it, mm. it it might be a couple of years more so what what's in your uh, what's in your locker to keep it fresh and uh, to keep everyone on mm. point yeah, I think first of all, Ian, I'd, I'd like to say that it isn't just Portsmouth because I know when we started at first, um, there were people crying out from Denmead, Waterlooville, and saying, you know, mm. don't forget us. What about us here in Lapdeen? So I'm I'm not speaking just for. I mean, obviously, I live in Portsmouth, but I speak for all those people who will be affected or would be affected, not will be, would be affected by the interconnector. And uh, what we have planned, I put a little sort of like point plan together, which if, mm. I, if, I, if I tell you what we thought, and probably there will be more points added. First of all, we want to work together with all parties, council, um, both MPs, and all residents as much as we can. There are still people who really do not know about Akron. I still get occasionally, what's Akron? Who's Akron? And people do not know. So our our main task is, raise awareness, spread the message so people really do know what it would mean if it happened. Um, now, once the statement of, of, of um, Meta is out, we certainly want to write as LSA group again, objections, rejections, and, and like I said earlier, just the fact that Le Havre is still mentioned. So there are actual, actual facts, not just quite right. And uh, we've got, got, got a few ideas which we want to discuss and uh, have discussed already and want to take forward to the Secretary of State to make sure he looks at that very, very clearly. Um, we want to encourage the public, the interested parties, and there, is, there are a huge number of interested party, parties, huge number of just individuals as well, all those allotment members who will be affected, all the people living along the road where this so-called, where the interconnector would go along, they can all again write their objections. And we will inform them that will be through the Facebook groups, through the website, but also personally sending them messages, say, look, you've got an opportunity here, please, mm. please take this opportunity. Um, we also want to, if we can afford it, because we have no money, remember we are grassroots uh, movement, we have no money, no finances, we would like to have an updated leaflet of what we talked about today. We had a leaflet giving all the information, but not of the last year, because we thought we might not yeah. need it any longer. Uh, we've talked about certain art projects again, like to raise awareness in town, uh, for instance, I made last week a sort of like a flag about this big and stop, wrote stop Ackman on it. And we want to encourage people to do similar things like we've done before. 
you've got a few of those ideas because you, you get more residents on board and uh, when it's visual people will ask more questions. We also talked with, with Nonna Aquin, we had it planned about a year ago, two years ago, but then COVID happened, to have actually mm. a rally together. The Portsmouth residents and Nonna Aquin coming and we are organizing a rally. We haven't got a date for it yet because it takes preparation and we know quite a few of us, uh, some of us, and not a few of us, are involved in the in the current uh, sort of like um, election campaign. So uh, we don't want to make it too difficult for people, but we have got that in mind. And if it takes a year or two, we've got plenty of opportunity. Um, there's also an idea of having an open letter and taking it to Grand Sheps, the new uh, Secretary of State for BEIS. Um, update our website, our Facebook group, and inform the public about every single bit we have. We are transparent, open, and we will not stop. And that, that is marvellous to hear, Viola. Is that that is that, that that energy and passion has come through every time we've spoken to you, and it it, it is a I, I think it's a testament to the the, the the a grassroots movement that there is a multi-billion-pound business that that feels that it can ride roughshod over you know the people of Portsmouth and Waterlooville and Love Dean and that that um you know money talks well I think in this case it, it would seem that the uh the voices of local people seem to be talking a bit louder at the moment so I don't know if we got Janet back yeah she's back just now yeah I'll just add to what Viola was saying that um and throughout we've had um a strong fence and we've been very encouraged with the number of, of uh, new members the decision was announced uh, a week or so ago um we have a dated press release which is which is very clear pinned at the top of our, our facebook and on our website so we, we would encourage people to follow and, and look on their thoughts and comments and suggestions and I think this is the key now, isn't it? Is that you know, it, it, it's been a num number of years. We, we've thought the battle was won. The High Court have have kind of forced us to take a couple of steps back. But it feels like, provided we can keep, you know, this can be kept in the public consciousness, and there are new people who are still willing to sign up and say no, that 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 voice of public opinion, hopefully. It is is going to be loud enough to to win the day. Yeah, and I'm, if I may add there as well, I think particularly when it comes to addressing the um, new Secretary of State, we've got to take all these issues we felt were not dealt with appropriately, maybe during the examination process. You know, I'll give you an example: the asbestos and methane and Milton Common. If they would dig on Milton Common, it's always been poo-pooed. We sent uh, a video in when Lumsden Road actually had to be evacuated because of asbestos. And that was rejected during the examination process because we were told there were pictures of children in the video. And we didn't have the facilities as grassroots to just cut out those, those pictures of those children's faces. So I think all these things will be revisited again. And we've got some older documents where... Uh, you know, I think we, we really have to highlight all those issues we care deeply about, all those concerns we have, 
and uh, make make sure we we really 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 get this through to to the to the secretary of state that uh, we don't do that just because we, we we have nothing else to do we care about our city we care about our environment and we care also what it does to the residency in the city i guess one factor that we haven't touched on is obviously quasi kwarteng was the secretary of state who you know found against and as we we all know being followers of politics he had a very brief tenure as chancellor before being sent off into the uh, the bushes i guess if we look at the timeline now uh, obviously grant shapps is the man in the chair now there is a possibility, isn't there, that that you know this decision could could drag on into a new Secretary of State and potentially even in a new government in you know 2024, 2025. How much does that concern? Janet, in actual fact, since quasi Quarteng, it's been Jacob Rees Morgan the role, and now who knows? Um, but yeah, yes, I mean with the fact that you know you've got the elections uh you know coming up in the future who will, will be in in place you know it's doesn't seem to be much stability i think we probably can be pretty sure if labor did win the next elections i think this project would be scrapped i mean i'm, I'm only talking you know i i think i believe that's my opinion um because uh, Stephen Morgan made it very clear, so did Penny Mordant, and still does. Uh, but either way, I think we, we, we have a good chance to stop this project. But uh, there is never, ever a hundred percent, you know, uh, mm. we can't be a hundred percent sure. We, we, we've got to be vigilant. We have got to be watchful. Um, we have to check what's going on in the press, what's going on on Akron's website, what's going on on Alexander Tamurko's website, and uh, just be, be aware and uh, vigilant. It seems like, obviously, the well, the fight's not over. There's um, a, the, the slog goes on for an indeterminate amount of time then, hopefully not too long, but who, who knows? So what, what is it that um, that you'd want people to do to continue to support Let's Stop Aquind? What, what, what would they do? You, you mentioned earlier on about um, needing, needing funds to be able to um, do a letter um, or leaf, leaflet campaign again now that, now that you know that sadly there is a, there is a need for that. Is there a, a GoFundMe or anything where people can help um, help towards the cost of that? Or are there other ways people should get involved? What would you want them to do? Well, I mean, funds, funds have always been, uh, you know, an issue. And we, we did have a me once before which helped raise a little bit of money i mean that's something and we've we've lost janet mid mid sentence um let me see if we can get her straight back in yeah. again sorry i think simon it's a great idea we had a, no, janet, yeah, I, janet? I mean we're from locals and a lot, a lot more people seem to be aware of the situation with all the you know coverage in the press that it, you know it might be a good time to to think about having a you know um, uh, crowdfunding of some sort yeah um we produced leaflets before um really out of our, our own pockets more or less with a little bit of public but you know we have got more people on, on the facebook site for a start now and a lot of has been very supportive to back us up so i think it's 
something we'll have to talk about on game now. Fiola, anything to add on that? Yeah, I think I think that's a definite. I mean, we'll 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 we we have thought about it, but we haven't yet come a, a, about to actually do it. But um, I think it's a very very uh, good idea to to run a GoFund um, event again and say really we are we are we are needing some money for printing new leaflets to let all those people along the road know um, and and beyond of course and to give some information to all those who are not on Facebook, who are not using the internet. And as we know, Moorings Way, for instance, it's, it's, a, it's an area where a lot of elderly people live and they still like their leaflet. They like to look at what, what's happening just via paper or a leaflet. So I think that is some, one, one thing we will definitely do now, the comms group is going to meet regularly again. But as I say, people are busy. People have two and a half years have passed, moved on. We might invite some more new members to the communication group as well and ask for some support if people with certain skills could help out, graphic designer, communication skills. It would be great to well welcome some new members. We have talked about it in the comms group as well. Um, above all, I think it is important to follow our Facebook and website to make sure you catch up with the latest news. That's at the moment how we communicate and spread the message. Talk to people, talk to family, talk to friends, talk to anybody you meet and who doesn't know yet. Inform them, encourage them to find out more and share it. Join the group if you can and encourage others. And as we said at the beginning, we are coming back to the first question. Unity will get us there. And unity really lies our victory. Yeah, and that I think is a marvellous place to, to, to close the podcast on. So thank you, Janet. Thank you, Viola. You know, as I say, let, let's hope the next time we, we, we meet on the podcast, we really are celebrating the victory once and for all. And on behalf of the, the people of Portsmouth and the local area, thank you to you both for your your unerring campaigning style and, and for keeping this in the headlines. So it, it is much appreciated. And thank you, Janet, for struggling through all of those all those connection um, issues. So, um, but thank you both. Marvellous. You've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I've been Ian Tiny-Morris. And our guests have been Viola Langley and Janet Sampson uh, from Let's Stop Aquind. And I've been Simon Sandsbury. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa. Play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, the latest episode. stop. See? It's easy. <laughs>